Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Heritage Hour. I'm Mark Gonzalez, your pastoral encourager here in Southwest Florida. So delighted to be with you as we've been doing for about, oh man, almost 30 years here in Florida. And uh, just recently, however, we're welcoming listening audience up in the greater Atlanta area with our friends at WAEC Love 860 AM and uh, also their connection with iHeartRadio broadcasting online and internationally. So we're just delighted to welcome you as well if you're tuning in today as we continue a series that we began just a few weeks ago. Uh, It's kind of portraits of God, these two-word combinations and descriptions of the heart and the character of God. And today, uh, I want to talk about how the Lord is our abiding marinade. I know that sounds unusual. I look forward to unpacking it for you. So uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be over in John chapter 15 today as we look at the Lord as our abiding marinade. And the metaphor there actually in scripture is our fruitful vine. So, uh, So as we get started, as is our custom, oh, let's just go before the Lord and ask him to speak shall we? Well, Lord, I'm just so grateful for the privilege you've given me just to come together with my brothers and sisters, to sit at your feet and gaze in your eyes and let you speak to us heart to heart. And Lord, I I absolutely love just walking together with them to explore so many facets of your heart and your character and your love for us. And today, as we talk about you as our uh, fruitful vine or our abiding marinade. Lord, I pray that, that I will do it justice, that, that I, will, I will be able to, to give a, a good glimpse at, at uh, that kind of heart that you have for us. So thank you, Lord, for that. We look forward just to hearing what you have for us today. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by his precious cleansing and healing, transforming, empowering, and forgiving blood. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, my friend. Well, if you do have your Bibles, let's go over to John chapter 15, one of my favorite portions of Scripture. In fact, this particular passage has been so impactful in my life all these years that when I was... uh, when I was a lead pastor uh, here in the Fort Myers area for 23 years, it was a replant, started with 24 people, no land, no building. Our theme verse was verse 5. I'll let you know when we get there. Uh, and it has to do with how the Lord is our true vine and how we are uh, the branches. So let's pick it up in John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, where the Bible says this. Jesus talking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. Now, some translations say he he uh, throws away or something. Actually, the, the Greek word there, "ario" means to lift up. I'll get to that in a bit. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear fruit more fruit. 
Now let's go to verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Now this is the passage, this is the excerpt that we have that was the theme of our church where, uh, where we would just remind our folks to abide in him to bear much fruit, for apart from him you can do nothing. This is what, man, this is the heart and soul of what we were about. Now the text goes on, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now, by the way, just real quickly, let me just highlight something here. This is those that do not abide in him. Back up in verse 2, it's talking about branches that do not bear fruit. That's a different thing. And there are different results. There's a difference between abiding in him and bearing fruit or not, and we'll get to that. But I just wanted to highlight that while we're going through the text. So, uh, again, verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, verse 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, oh, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And then verse 11, These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So just by way of overarching key themes, you know, first of all, we're going to see that abiding in Christ is totally necessary. I mean, for salvation and for fruit-bearing, there is no substitute to abiding in Christ. Now, what does abiding mean? It means to remain with Him. It means to hang around Him. It means to be saturated in Him. It means to be always hanging with the Lord. That's what abiding means. Not coming in and out and there and back and all that. No, it's abiding in Him. It means to be remain, uh, remaining connected uh, with him. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard for us to pick up on the themes from an agrarian culture if you're not uh, a, a farmer or an orchard owner or something like that. But, but um, let, me, let me just give you uh, an illustration here that I think just about anybody can relate to, and it's the basis of our um, description of the Lord as our abiding marinade. So, Several years ago when uh, I was still pastoring, one of the couples in our church invited me and my wife, Lindy, over for a steak. And uh, so we went over and had a wonderful time fellowshipping. He's grilling out there and stuff, and we're chatting and talking. And I want to tell you, when we finally sit down to eat that steak, I'm telling you it was one of the juiciest and, and most scrumptious steaks I had ever had in my life. I said, dude, what in the world did you do? With this steak, it's an amazing steak. He said, "Well, it's it's all in the marinade. Uh, there's a special marinade. I'll give you the recipe. You can have it, and uh, so you can enjoy steaks at home later on." I said, "Oh man, that would be wonderful. Thanks." And so he did. He gave me the recipe. So a couple of weeks later, Lindy and I were at home and, and with the kids and all. I said, "Hey, let's let's try out these steaks." And so I got the grill out, and she had got the steaks and all, and I we got that recipe out, did the marinade and and uh, and stuff, and and. Uh, and we marinated the steak in the marinade, and then we we put it on the grill, and 
got them all done. And when we sat down and I took the first bite, it was it was dry. It was like a hockey puck. I'm going, what is going on? This is not near the same as my buddy made for us a couple of weeks ago. So I thought maybe he gave me the wrong recipe. So when I saw him church, uh, you know, the next uh, Sunday or so, hey, dude, man, thanks for the recipe, but it may have been the wrong one. He said, why? Well, because we did it at home and man, it didn't it didn't taste at all like like yours did. No, no, I'm sure I gave you the right re- uh, the recipe for that marinade. So, okay, walk me through what did you do? Well, we got the cut of steak that you recommended you know, and got the grill and the fire done and not too hot and all that, like you said. And then, you know, we marinated uh, marinated the steak and the marinade and uh, and all and, and then put it on the put it on the grill, but it was pretty dry. He said, well, wait a minute, how, how long did you marinate the steak in the marinade? Oh, man, a good 20 minutes. And he said, oh, dude, <laughs> he said, no, okay, that's the problem. I said, what? He said, man, it needs to marinate in the marinade for a good five, six hours. What? He said, oh, yeah. He said, you have to give it time for all the the juices to go into the steak. It needs to be saturated with the marinade so that when you put it on the fire, it's not all burned off. You just put it in for 20 minutes. It's just gotten on the outside, and when you put it on the, on the, on the grill, all the marinade just burned off. It didn't have time to seep in deeply. My friend, abiding is to marinate in Jesus Christ, to abide in Christ, to marinate in Christ, is to stay there in his juices for hours and hours and hours so that his love, his grace, his joy, his mercy, his tenderness seeps deep into your pores so that when the fires of life come up, it won't burn off. You'll be so juicy with Jesus, you'll continue to be a scrumptious steak in the midst of the fires of life because you've been abiding in Christ or marinating, marinating with the tea in Christ the marinade. And that's why I'm calling him. He is our abiding marinade. We're to abide in the marinade. We're to soak in the marinade whose name is is Jesus. The scripture here in John 15 is saying the same thing using agricultural terms. To abide in the vine is to stay connected to the vine. So let me let me share with you three things, three takeaways about Jesus, our abiding marinade. If you happen to be a, a note taker, here's the three things I want to highlight out of the passage for us today. Here's the first thing about Jesus, our abiding marinade. Well, Jesus, our abiding marinade, is like a vine to nourish us. He's like a vine to nourish us. That's the metaphor in the scriptures. We are like branches. Now, we get a little confused here because the the picture is of a, of a grapevine. Now, if you're like me, when I think of a vine, I think of the spindly little things that have the leaves and then have the grapes on it. That's the vine. Well, no, in this, in this passage, those are the branches. 
what he means by the vine is the main trunk that goes down into the um, ground. And it's that from that main trunk, that's what he's calling the vine, come out the branches, which we would call vines. But uh, but see, those, those tentacles, <laughs> those little uh, things that branch out and bear fruit and have leaves, those are the branches. That's us. If we're not connected to the main vine, the trunk, we're not going to bear fruit. We're not even going to uh, bear leaves. Now, there is a way sometimes, and we saw this in the parable of the fig tree in the scriptures, when Jesus was walking by a fig tree and it had all these leaves, but it had no fruit. And Jesus actually cursed it. He said, you know, this thing is supposed to be bearing fruit, and we're supposed to be bearing fruit. Jesus is the vine. He's our abiding marinade. He is like a vine to nourish us. We're the branches that must stay connected with him, or we're not going to get the nutrients from the ground through the trunk into our leaves to make fruit. Let me see if I can illustrate this for us. You know, um, you know, years ago, uh, I was asked to go do a, a Bible conference with a good friend of mine that I had way back from seminary out in Missouri. And uh, while I was there that first day in preaching, I met several folks in the church, and one of them had an apple orchard and invited me to come and take a tour of his apple orchard. And I was delighted to do so. And the next day, I went out there with my pastor friend, and we had a tour. And he explained to me something very interesting. I'll never forget this. He said, now, this orchard that you're looking at is unusual in that it used to be wild apple trees in this orchard. But what we did is we cut off all the wild uh, apple tree branches, kept the trunk. We shipped in some red delicious apple branches from Washington State. And when they got here, we grafted them onto these wild apple tree trunks so that they would bear the red delicious apples since they were red delicious apple branches. And I said, and graft them. Now, I'm a city guy. I mean, I'm sure you don't nail it in or screw it in, but how do you connect the branches to the trunk in this orchard? He says, oh, that's a great question. He says, okay, we, we cut a slit into the... Uh, into the, the trunk, and then uh, we snip off the edge of a branch, and we stick it in there, and then we pack it with some, some packing material we have, and then we tape it around the trunk, and we just go all the way up the trunk, putting numerous branches that way into the slits, packing it, taping it all the way up. And I said, okay, now, I get that, but how, how do you know it works? <laughs> and I'll never forget what this seasoned orchard owner said to me. He said, uh, well, son, if you get apples, it works. If you don't get apples, it didn't work. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, okay, I got it. So sometimes those, some of the branches don't get apples. He said, yeah, yeah, actually, it's an interesting thing. You know, we may put a couple of dozen on a tree, but the one or two or three of them, although we pack them the same, attach them the same, some make the interconnection and we know that because they'll bear fruit. Others don't make the connection, and they shrivel up and they die. It looks like on the outside that they're connected, but some, for some reason on the inside, it didn't really connect deep into 
the trunk. This is why the Bible says, by their fruits we shall know them, which we'll get to in a few minutes, my friend. But to abide in Christ is to be connected to him by salvation and really get connected deep inside to the point that the byproduct will be that we will bear fruit. We are like branches connected to the vine or trunk, like an orchard of apples. So whether they're grapes or apples, we have to make that interconnection and keep it constant to bear much fruit. We must abide or soak in him. Now, uh, here's the other thing I want to say about this. If we don't abide, we die. Remember those few branches on the apple tree that shriveled up? Well, it wasn't because the trunk let it down. It's because the branch didn't make the interconnection. Now, see, this is the one that he's talking about in verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, does not connect deep within in reality, well, okay, what happens? It turns brown, it dies, and it's, uh, and the scripture says he's thrown away like a branch and dries up, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. These are the people that may profess a confession of faith in Christ, maybe even walk on the aisle and get baptized, but deep down in the heart level, there's not a connection, and you know it because there's no fruit, there's no leaves, there's no life, it turns brown, it dies, it's thrown away, it never was saved. Now that's very different than what we're going to see in verse 2 as we move on. So let's move on to number two. First of all, again, I want you to see that Jesus, our abiding marinade, is like a vine to nourish us. But number two, he wants us to bear much fruit. He wants us to bear much fruit. Pick it up in verse two. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, okay, he that is the vine brush of the Father. Remember verse one, Jesus said, I'm the true vine, but the Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the vine dresser, the father, he lifts up off the ground, basically is the idea. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So there's two things I want you to see here. The first is that he wants us to bear fruit so much, even if we're connected to the point where we're producing leaves, but not yet producing fruit, he doesn't destroy us for that. He's, he knows that something's a little bit of a rye. In, in, the, in the case of a vine, sometimes in these, uh, let's shift metaphors from the apple orchard now to a vineyard, sometimes the uh, branches, which we call vines, they, they, they don't get pinned up to the trellis to keep it off the ground, and they end up dragging on the ground. And when they get dragging on the ground and the mud gets on them, they can't take in the light, they, they may have some leaves, but it won't bear fruit. So what this is saying is what the Lord's going to do is, well, this branch is too valuable. It really is connected, but not connected deeply. And it's got itself all muddied up here in the muck. I'm not going to get mad and say, cut them off and throw them away. That was, that was verse 6. Branches that aren't abiding have turned brown and crusty and are dead. Those are the ones that are thrown out. But the vines that are not bearing fruit, leafy, but now muddy. They're too valuable to cut and throw out. He lifts them up off the ground, ties them to the trellis. It's the idea of 
He'll send someone to disciple you, send someone to counsel you. He'll send someone to walk with you, lift you up off the muck that you've got yourself into, clean you up. You know, you're already saved, but he'll clean off that mud so that you can get that light, the photosynthesis and the nutrients so that you can bear fruit down the road. Listen, Jesus, our abiding marinade, is like a vine to nourish us. But second, he wants us to bear fruit. So the vine dresser will pick us up off the ground when we're sagging down off the trellis. But secondly, I love how it says that he prunes it. The vine dresser prunes the branches. You may bear some fruit, but then he's going to prune you so that you can bear more fruit. This is just basic gardening. You prune back flowers. You prune back uh, berry trees and fruit trees and stuff so that so that it will bear more fruit. You know, I was pruning some uh, in my yard, uh, you know, a while back, actually, and I was not being careful, and I actually snipped the end, an edge of my finger, and oh, my soul, did it hurt. I didn't want to prune my finger. I wanted to prune the branches. Well, the point is, it does hurt sometimes when God is pruning us. He's working us. He's, he's cutting off the things that are that are holding us back from bearing more fruit because he loves us. So don't resist the pruning work of the Lord. It is designed to help you bear more fruit down the road. And then I love what it says in verse 8 about this too, by the way. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You want to know you're a real follower, a real disciple of Christ? You're bearing fruit, and you keep bearing fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The fruit of good works and prayer and evangelism and discipleship and hospitality and encouraging and mercy, all of those things that proves you are His disciples, that you are being connected. Now, let me say this. You don't work hard to do those activities in order to bear fruit. No, it's the byproduct of abiding in Christ, staying connected to Christ, marinating in Christ. That's what I love about the Christian life. This is one of the secrets. The secret to joy and fruitfulness in the Christian life is simply one focal point. Abide in Christ. Marinate in the marinade whose name is Jesus Christ. And you'll be a juicy Christian no matter what kinds of winds are blowing or what kind of fires come up. You're juicy on the inside because you abide in Christ. And then the passage tells us as we wind this up, number three, for those that are note takers, not only is our abiding marinade like a vine to nourish us. Not only does he want us to bear fruit, but number three, he blesses those that abide in him. How? By lifting up the unfruitful branches, as we mentioned already in verse two, but then by answering prayer. Look at this in verse seven. If you abide, remain, connect, hang in, marinate in me, and my words abide, hang with you and marinate in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. Now, some can misunderstand this. It's not like you can just, whatever fancy you have, I want a big boat. I want a trip around the world, you know, and now you got to, you know, do this because, no, no, he said, my words abide in you. When what we're asking is consistent 
with the Word of God and His ways and His character. He answers that. When it's not consistent with that, He loves us enough to say no. What you're asking for will hurt you, will destroy you. You're like a three-year-old wanting to play with a pack of razor blades. Yes, they're bright, shiny, and smooth, but they're sharp edge, and they can kill you. My friend, sometimes when we pray razor blade kind of requests, God loves you enough to say no. But when we pray things that are according to his word and are good for us, he will say yes. He blesses those that abide in him to get to know him so well. We know how to pray. We learn how to pray in accordance with his word. And he answers those for us. And then I love how it wraps it up. Verse 11. Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. He blesses those that abide in him by giving us his joy. We don't conjure up our own joy. We don't try to make ourselves happy. My friends, when you abide in Christ, marinate in Christ, he will give you his joy. And much more, his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness. He will give you his fruit of the Spirit, and it will come. It will be a byproduct. It'll be the result. You don't try to do it on your own. That would be like an artist looking at an apple orchard and saying, we need some apples out there. Let's create some wax fruit, and let's uh, get some string, and let's make it look real, and let's go tie them up on those branches. Well, you can do that, and from afar, it looks like real fruit. But all you got to do is take a bite into it, and you'll find the wax, and it's not real. That's trying to do the Christian life by works. But we're saved by grace. We're kept by grace. We bear fruit by grace. And the secret is simply to abide in the vine. Marinate in the marinade whose name is Jesus Christ, and you will bear much fruit. You will receive his joy. It'll be a total life changer for you and for me. Well, Lord, we're just so grateful that you're that kind of God who invites us to come to abide in you and that we will bear much fruit, not because of what we do, but because of what you do through us. Oh, thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm Mark Gonzalez. Oh, until next time, check out my website at markpg.org. That's markpg.org for some resources that'll help you. And I look forward to spending time at the feet of the Lord with you next time.